1: Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We are here to talk about skills and tools that you need to take control of your own career. And today we're going to be talking about sneaky ways that fear is killing your career and what you can do about it. So these are ways that you might not even think about it as fear because we like to uh, cover up our emotion of fear and call it different things but they're getting in the way of you being successful in your career. So I'm going to make them as tangible as possible, give some examples and some tools that you can use to help not let this fear drive your behavior in a way that is not helping your career. So the first one that I want to talk about is the idea of protection or this is something that we do to ourselves when we think that, oh, if I'm watchful, if I be very careful of my interactions with this person, that is going to help me in the future. So here's an example. I was working with a leader a few years ago who had a lot of trust issues with her team. And she was afraid that they were gonna make her look bad. They were afraid, she was afraid that they were going to sabotage her, that they were gonna stab her in the back. and there was that validity to this fear, right? They, they were trying to undermine her, she was new in leading the team. However, the problem with this fear is that it ended up creating a situation where she was undermining herself and breeding that fear across the team. Here's the thing with this type of fear is that oftentimes we build it up based on a worst case scenario when really the actions are not very likely to happen and our mental energy put towards stopping them from happening makes it more likely that they will happen. There's some research on this. It's mostly in the trust space, right? Building trusts and leaders building trust that a leader has to lead from a place of trust, that being thoughtful and mindful and paying attention does not mean that we fear our our team. This is kind of a difficult balance. When you think about being mindful and, and oftentimes the word that's used is discerning, that I'm not going to pretend that this behavior isn't happening, and yet I'm not going to expect it to happen either. Where can I walk that line of trusting my team, placing that trust in them, knowing that they can do the right thing, and being mindful, watchful, keeping my my ears and, and eyes open to not be duped? This is the fear for the leader, right? The fear of the leader is, oh, I'll get duped. I'll get walked all over if I, if I trust them. Uh, they won't do it right and yet when we approach them with fear when we expect that they're going to do it wrong they usually meet that expectation that's the the challenge of this dichotomy our our fear in these interactions harms ourselves right we actually don't look as good as a leader we don't have the the effectiveness of a good leader our team is less productive when there's not trust in the team and it hurts our relationships not just with that team but likely with our peer managers who can feel and sense and see that we're not trusting our team and with our superior who can also tell that we don't trust our team and that falls back on us as the leader and not on that individual who who on the team and perhaps deserves our, our lack of trust if you will, it comes back to us. So one of the tools that we can use for ourselves is to approach situations without that judgment, that that ex- expectation, if you will, of someone else's actions, to approach it objectively, not being Duped, but also not putting it out there that this person is going to do something negative to us. One of the resources that I've been using a lot lately, and we talked about it uh, last week or two weeks ago, was the positive intelligence work by Shirzad Charmin, just really thinking about how am I looking at someone's actions, because when I look at their actions and expect them to do something, I judge that they're negatively I judge that they're going to act negatively or that they did act negatively, it actually brings out that negative action in them. So I can be discerning, I can say this action is not what I want, and then I have to shift and think about it in a different way in terms of how do I want to interact with them and how do I I want to engage with them in a way that, that benefits both of us, that gets the behavior that I want not in a manipulative way, but in a way of not coming from that judgy place. So this might look like, you know, someone's making a mistake, they're doing something wrong, instead of assuming that they're doing it on purpose, they're trying to make me look bad, even perhaps if they have a, a history of doing these things, I'm going to come out a place of, of understanding, of trying to figure out what's going on, of being curious, uh, being compassionate, compassionate, and, and really trying to Engage on a personal level to understand what's going on, rather than this is what I expected. Of course, you're doing this and that assumption. I read a great article recently that was talking about the power of assuming p- positive intent and not being afraid to do that. And oftentimes, our fear is that if we assume positive intent, it will backfire on us. And. I'm guessing that that doesn't happen very often. We build it up in our heads as something that is more to be afraid of than it actually is because, of course, it activates all of our inner fears about looking bad, about you know being judged, not being belonging, maybe even losing our job. All of those valid fears, unfortunately, self-actualize themselves if we're not thoughtful about where we're acting from and how we're taking into those discussions. So that's the first one is that idea of, I'm gonna protect myself from something or someone. And I think that that's a positive thing. You know, I'm letting fear drive that protective action and it's actually hurting me and, and the other person because of I'm not addressing that fear, thinking through about how I wanna act from that place. So next one is ambition. And you might think, Marie, how is ambition a fear? And I had never really thought about it this way until I worked with a CEO and I was working with her on her resume. And she said to me, you know, Marie, I noticed early on in my career that everyone I worked with thought the competition was the person next to them. The person sitting next to them was their com- their competition for that promotion, for that next job. And the thing that that created was no innovation because no one was thinking about how our company was gonna compete against other companies out there because everyone was so worried about competing against the person next to them for that promotion, for that in whatever it was that was going on, they were so worried about that that they weren't paying attention to how they could add value to the bigger picture. It was a really powerful story that she told me because I started to understand that this idea around competition, although it can be used as a positive tool, has to be done very thoughtfully to be a positive tool so that people aren't getting stuck in the small game, if you will, of competing against other people within their company for bigger positions, but that they can compete towards the the things that matter. And most of us when especially when we're motivated by fear, fear of losing our job, fear of someone else getting that promotion, etc., we don't think outside of outside of that. The beauty of the story for her was that as she saw this kind of early in her career as a manager, she changed her mindset, thought about it differently and said, I'm not going to worry about competing against these people next to me. I'm going to be thinking about how can I innovate? How can I bring solutions that are going to help the company compete in this global space? A different thought pattern, a different way of of motivating herself, if you will there is some challenge even in that type of competition and that type of mindset. And um, this goes a little bit deeper into thinking about our patterns and our our thought patterns and how we motivate ourselves. And if that is a positive or a negative in the, the grand scheme of keeping up our motivations, especially when we see all of the challenge and the mental health issues that many of us in the workplace are facing right now, this idea of challenging ourselves and motivating motivating ourselves through fear actually has really negative long-term consequences and this is a little bit harder concept to grasp, so I'm gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna dive into this a little bit further, and then I have a few more areas that fear might be getting in the way of your career success, so we'll keep talking about how you can address them when we get back from a break in just a few minutes.
0: That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff.
1: Welcome back to the Career Confidant, and today we're talking about how sneaky ways, sneaky ways that fear might be getting in the way of your career success. So, we've talked about that protectionist, I'm not going to trust anyone because they're going to hurt me, and how we usually build that idea up based on things that are not very likely to happen. Um, You know, even sometimes women might cross the street because a man is coming the other way and we've built up this fear in our head that if, you know, they they could be wanting to do something negative to us. That is very less, that's not very likely to happen and yet what is happening because we're going across the street is that we're, you know, alienating somebody who could be our neighbor where we put out all these assumptions and we act on fear of something that has a very low likelihood of happening and the consequences of that action could actually be more than these fears that we build up in our heads, right? And at work, that might mean not not trusting our team, ruining relationships, etc. So the next one is ambition, and this competition that we might be getting into at work, and ambition isn't necessarily bad, but kind of the fear-driven ambition, right? That when fear is what's driving us, we can put our head down and really be competing against the person next to us and not see the bigger picture, and then perhaps not be seen by the people we want to be seen by, really, because we're so focused on how can I compete against my peer instead of what really does my manager need from me, my company need from me, etc. The other deeper part to this fear-driven motivation is that it turns off the or takes the focus away from our creative collaborative brain. So this is me channeling Susan Britton who teaches and talks a lot about brain-based psychology and, and brain-based coaching. And thinking about how when we are in that place of motivation by fear, I'm afraid I might lose my job, I'm afraid this other person might get promoted, if I don't do all of this my customers are going to get mad, whatever that kind of fear-based motivation is, or I want to beat out my competitor company, it puts us in that tense fight-flight-freeze, what she calls the red zone, where we're reactive. We aren't thinking clearly, we're not creative, and we're stuck there. And we might be stuck there a lot, and that is also very bad, takes a big toll on our physical and mental health. So this idea that I will be motivated better by fear physically is not good for us and performance wise tends to not be good for us so we think about you know when someone feels very challenged or um, like they've got to perform right now they usually don't do that well and we're going to talk a little bit more about performance next but this one's more focused on that motivation by fear so we're not creative if we can get to a place where we're motivated to do what we want to do, but that motivation comes from a place of uh, you know self-compassion and empathy that I'm great and yet I'm yearning and, and striving to do more, I want to learn more, I want to do these things versus I feel like I have to to keep up, to not get passed by to not have you know lose that promotion so it's kind of that have to versus want to and when I'm motivated to do the things that I want to do then I'm more creative I can be more collaborative because I'm not seeing those around me as you know potential takers of my idea etc and it gets me to a place where I'm getting better outcomes even then I would from that kind of fear-based motivation. So this is for us to really think about how do we drive ourselves? How do we motivate ourselves? How do we feel about really thinking that I'm doing a great job that really accepting our current state and seeking the desired state or the you know the promotion? out of desire and, and intention versus out of fear and that anxiety that that fear can cause. That's our internal struggle. I think for most of us, it's probably a pretty consistent internal struggle because we're used to motivating ourselves by fear. And a lot of us, this is you know, my own work, really thinking about how Our brain lies to us (laughs) and tells us that that's a good thing because if I'm not hard on myself then I might become lazy if I'm not hard on myself then you know I might just become complacent and that that isn't true and how bad is it really to even think about that of ourselves we can be motivated and still be happy content about where where we are right now. You know, empathy is the word that that he would use. We can be appreciate appreciate and have compassion for where we are now while still having that motivation to grow. And then we can make sure we're doing the right things, the things we want to be doing, the things that matter the right things probably isn't the right word we're doing the things that matter we're doing the things that are going to move the needle for us or our company instead of doing the things that we feel compelled to do through fear so if I think about you know someone marketing their company and they think you know, these are the things that I want to do. These are the clients I want to reach. And then they'll come to me and they'll say, Marie, I feel like I have to be on Instagram. Well, why do you feel like you have to be on Instagram? Because everybody else is there. And that's that fear based driver, instead of that more intentional, thoughtful driver of, you know, I'm doing a good job in my marketing right now. What is going well? How would that fit for me or not? That that place of curiosity of collaboration of open-minded exploration and then putting together something that really speaks to how I want to build my business that that future that I want the future state that I want instead of being propelled by the negative future state that I fear what is that future state that I want look like and how can I motivate myself positively to get there and that switch is challenging and it may feel like it's not going to be as powerful keep working at it keep thinking about how you can make that switch from being motivated by fear to being motivated by by the vision of the future that you want by empathy to yourself and getting yourself into that place where you're really focused on being creative and moving it forward instead of avoiding something in our career, in our business, that can cause us harm physically, emotionally, and actually even in our business performance because we can only operate from that place of fear for so long before we get burned out. So the next one is performance. And this might look like you need to perform at a speaking event or you've got a project and you've got to deliver it by a certain date one of the other ways that i i see this performance piece come out is sometimes during a a meeting and someone's afraid to ask a question it can be small performances it can be big performances I like to think about this in terms of basketball analogies. I'm missing my basketball. I'm glad that the NBA is coming back at the end of the summer. Hopefully everyone will stay safe and healthy. Um, But I I always loved basketball, and I always loved to play basketball, and it always came somewhat naturally to me and never bothered me to be the one taking the shot at the end of the game however for some reason when it came to other sports like volleyball especially standing back there having to serve and you know you get all up in your head and then the, the serve would go into the net that is this fear based performance whereas if we can perform from a place of enjoying the game really being present and not worrying about that fear of failure or even the fear of success oftentimes people will have that fear of doing it well and they'll almost self-sabotage because they don't know what they'll do after that right so if we can push back those fears and just enjoy the performance for what it is we know we're prepared we know that we've got what it takes to make this happen We're just gonna step in and enjoy that performance. So you might think about how this comes into play during a meeting or during a speaking event. And that, you know, almost everybody's afraid of public speaking, so that might be a good one to think about how could you enjoy the experience to be in the moment, to connect with the audience, honestly one of the things that helped me the most in speaking was to realize that it wasn't about me and that it was about the audience and if I could really focus on the audience and what did they need how could I engage them and through my preparation and then through my delivery that was my focus not about did I say the exact right thing or did I say what I was supposed to say if you've you know, ever heard this speaker's prayer, if you will, is, you know, the speech I was supposed to give, the speech I gave, and the, the speech I gave afterwards, please, may they maybe all the same thing. They, they never are for a speaker, right? You practice it one way, you deliver it another, and then on the way home, you give the speech that you wish you would have given. When we can get out of our head around that and just be in the moment, enjoying the game, if you will interacting with the people who are there, will find a much different experience than if we are worried the whole time about what we're supposed to say, which is kind of the past, or what people will think about what we're gonna say, which is the future, and just be there in the moment. In that moment, we have to be careful of, you know, judgments that we perceive by others that are typically not helpful or not real, not true. So someone in the audience is yawning or someone in the audience rolls their eyes. Who knows what that's about, right? That could be that they looked at their phone and and their daughter sent them some silly message. That we're just focused on are we engaging with the folks that want to engage? How are they doing? How are we connecting with them and keeping our focus in that present moment? And the game analogy works well for me Shirzad also uses the kind of surfer analogy that it's I'm here I'm surfing the waves I'm I'm enjoying the ride and that's my space I can't control everything that's happening around me all I can do is control me my reactions to it and the enjoyment that I get from this activity the engagement that I have with the people that are here to engage with me so that performance piece is somewhat related maybe that fear of failure that gets in our way of performance and this one's an interesting dichotomy because we're afraid of failing in the performance and that usually leads to us feeling like we failed in the performance that fear it just it uh, manifests itself in reality similar one is the fear of rejection So if I'm going into a sales conversation or maybe into a job interview, I likely fear that rejection, that the person is not going to purchase from me or that they're not going to hire me for the job. And there's some sneaky ways that that gets in the way of my performance. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll dive in more to sneaky ways that the fear of rejection gets in our way. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategic Now, back to the Career Confidant. Welcome back to the Career Confidant. And today
1: we're talking about ways that fear, sneaky ways that fear, is getting in the way of your career advancement. So we've talked about trust, about how being motivated by fear kills our creativity, and then we were talking about how the fear of failure in a performance oftentimes then manifests itself in failure or feeling like we failed in that performance. And again, some of the anecdotes to that, if you will, are trust, trusting ourselves, trusting others. Realizing that, that assuming best intentions of others is a better solution than being wary of them, even though we might have these outlandish scenarios we build in our head about how being wary saves us, that being focused on coming from a place of I am enough actually makes us more creative than coming from that place of anxiety or fear comparison with others. It's one of my favorite quotes. Comparison is the thief of joy. It doesn't help us. It doesn't motivate us. We can use it as an analytical data point to build our process, our plan, but that first we've got to come from that place of, of what is it that we really want. And especially in this competitive world and, and we think about you know competing in business, competing for promotions, we just want to kind of stop and think first, is that even where I want to be? Oftentimes our competitive nature might or competitive culture might get in the way of really thinking about, is that where I want to be? And then if that is where I want to be, what am I seeing about how that person is doing it that I want to use? what could I do differently? So I approach it from that place of curiosity and and really thinking about what does that mean? What do I want to do with that information? And our, our well not our last one our next one was rejection. So the fear of rejection. So this manifests itself in a sale. Let's talk about it in sales first that if I go in and I meet with someone I I don't want to be rejected I don't want them to say no or maybe the fear is that I need the money and if I don't make the sale I'm not gonna get that promotion or I'm not going to be able to pay my bills the challenging thing about this fear is that if I want it more oftentimes that pushes the other person away we can think of great analogies here in terms of dating um i would think about it sometimes with cats right cats are this cats are this in in life that if you chase them they run if you sit on the couch and want nothing to do with them they come and sit on your lap it's something about this energy this need this personal piece that we bring into that conversation that creates that energy for the other person to push away. When I talk to my business owners, fellow business owners about sales it's thinking about how we can come from a place of abundance and is this a good fit and other centeredness in terms of Is it a good fit for the person that I'm selling to? For job seekers, same thing, coming to the interview from a place of abundance. Is this the best job for me? There's plenty of options. I need to figure out if this is the best option. And from their perspective, is this a good fit? When we have that approach, it feels very collaborative. I don't tend to activate other people's cat sense (laughs) if you will and they don't go running out of the door right that desperate girlfriend or boyfriend routine really gets us when we're in sales it feels disingenuous it feels like it's all about the person who's trying to make the sale or trying to get the job and that doesn't bode well for a collaborative co-creative relationship from the beginning when we can come at that conversation and set that fear aside and really think about how we, what we need to learn, what we need to get from this conversation, as well as what that other party needs to learn about us and what we might need to share to help them understand what they need to understand then it comes from a very different place. So for my colleagues in in the career space, small business space, oftentimes we go into a prospect meeting, want to explain all of our processes. Let me tell you how I work. That makes it all about us. Instead of what do they need, what are they looking for? And then I can tell them the little parts that fit for what they're looking for. With a job interview, we're doing the same thing. We're doing our research ahead of time to really understand what do they need, what are they looking for. And then when I walk through that door, I'm, I'm asking questions, taking that approach even from the very beginning, answering the questions that they're asking because obviously those are what they need, what they're looking for. Asking questions to dig deeper. What would success in this role look like, etc. Those questions that really help me figure out what they're looking for so that I can answer and connect with their needs as well as ask questions that help me understand if it's a good fit for me. Putting away that fear of oh I need to make them like me. <laughs> we all want to belong, we all we all want that sense of belonging. We all do not want that rejection. And yet it gets in our way of having a real authentic connection when we're so worried about that potential of rejection. So the next one that affects us in our career is the fear of the unknown. And I was just reading an article about this and, you know, how how leaders need to take risks and thinking about that fear of the unknown. It impacts us no matter what level of our career we're at because there's a place in every single job at every single level for you as an individual employee To step into something new, to solve a problem you haven't solved before, to go to get on a project you hadn't been on before. And when we're afraid of taking on that unknown, we stymie our career, we don't take on opportunities that would get us outside of our current purview, get us more visibility, open up doors to opportunity. And oftentimes we position ourselves so that there is a perfectly good answer as to why we can't do that. We're always thinking about what's the real motivator here and how can I push through some of those barriers to get to what I really want to do. I've worked with a client a few years ago who is very afraid of making that decision in their career i have never felt like I found what would be a good fit for me might be some of the things you would hear or I've never felt at home in a position that can be a fear of the unknown it can be a fear of success when we're really thinking about what do we want out of our career how can we engage how can we connect sometimes not connecting is easier because then we won't be disappointed. And yet what it ends up doing is creating this constant feeling of search for the next best thing because we want to... because we're afraid of settling. When we can see our career perhaps more as a a progression, more of a combination of experiences and that each experience brings value if we look for it and we find it and and we almost create it. I, I like to talk about creating purpose instead of finding purpose because we can create purpose in every job that we do. We create that purpose by learning skills that will help us in the future, by making connections, building relationships that will help us in the future and by being thoughtful about how everything we do every day can be a building block to where we want to go in the future even if we don't know what that looks like yet our current job is helping us figure out what that next job looks like and and is therefore having purpose in helping define that next step even if the current job isn't what we would like it to be what can it teach us what can we manifest in it by being there fully present every day and really thinking about how it connects with us to our values to our skills and to what we want to do next and that embracing the unknown um, embracing ambiguity we see that a lot on, you know, the top skills that people are looking for in in the world in business. How can we do that? Is one of by realizing that nothing is probably that big. The risks that we have to take can be small, and yet just opening the door a little bit for ourselves can bring things that we didn't know before. Going to a meeting, maybe that we weren't necessarily invited to, right, we asked our boss, you know, hey, could I sit in on that meeting? Volunteering for a project, serving a customer that we might usually pass off to someone else if it's appropriate, trying to help them a little bit more than we usually would. Um, Doing something outside of work, volunteering, gaining experiences, taking a class online. Lots of little risks that we can take in our career that can help us build that muscle of stepping into the unknown. Little ways that you can build that muscle of stepping into the unknown. Doing things that maybe aren't that comfortable for you. And I think about a client that I worked with many years ago. It was one of my first leadership coaching clients who was afraid of taking on that leadership role. And the story that she was telling herself was that just wasn't her. That wasn't something she was ever going to do. It wasn't something she would ever be or wanted to be. But you could see that there was something there, that passion, that drive, that pull towards an area that she was passionate about. And when we got through some of the little risks presenting in front of groups that were high profile, that as she started to take some of those little risks, her confidence grew and the scope that she saw herself in grew to the point where she did take on a leadership role. It doesn't have to be big, just little steps to step out into the unknown and start to build that muscle of risk and success. We're going to take a short break and when we come back we'll tie a little bow around these fears that might be getting in the way of your career success and what you can do To put them aside. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking about sneaky ways that fear is killing your career and what you can do about it. This is a lot about challenging our assumptions and challenging some of the roots of our behavior and really thinking about how that is serving or not serving us. When we think about our fears and how they get in the way of our behavior, a lot of it is a perceived threat so it might be a threat to us personally, might be a threat to our career, might be a threat to our the perception of our performance, the perception of our career, might be a threat to our paycheck, right? And when we start to operate from that fear-based place, it can feel positive, right? It can feel very positive, like, I'm I'm driven I want to compete I want to outperform and they that can that can be a positive thing if it's not driven from that fear if it's driven towards performance, if it's driven towards engaging and and being who I am connecting with other people that I really want to do things well with, if it's I want to be creative when it comes from that anxiety driven place of have, feel like I have to to do this to keep up then usually we're a- operating from that red zone as Susan Britton would say where I'm not creative I'm stressed out and I'm doing a a toll on my emotional and physical health as well as not performing as well as I could if I operated from a place from a different place. To be driven by connection, to be driven by what Sherzad Charmin calls our sage Right, that that place of us that's really deciding what is the thing we want to do, how can we serve others, how can we connect, how can we achieve kind of that inner those inner goals and it feels much more peaceful it doesn't feel forced so for me one of the biggest kind of hallmarks of this is posting on social media and from what I've heard from a lot of my colleagues there's a very similar they have felt some similar feelings that when it came from a I have to to keep up I I need to do this to be visible that very pushed forced place every post is a struggle every post is a struggle because it's not The driver is not positive right the driver is negative that I have to do this that I've got to keep up and I'm agonizing over every word versus when it comes from a place of I want to connect I want to engage I want to share with my community there I want to hear what they think I want them to get to know how I think it's a very different place It flows it comes much more easily of course there's still times where the you know the voices come in of always have the right thing to say but it's much easier when it comes from that place instead of the the fear-based motivation so as you're going through your day you might think about how am I making the decisions around what I'm doing today is it out of fear Is it out of connection? Is it building the picture of my work and of me and and of my organization that I want to see? Or is it trying to avoid something that I don't want to see? And that challenge to ourself around our intention and our motivation is life-changing from a year ago when I started some of this work for myself to today the anxiety level although (laughs) all of our other things going on in the world have definitely added to that at times and made it more challenging to stay in this space because this is not something that we just achieve right it's something that I I assume (laughs) I'll be working on every day to fight that thought in my brain that I will operate better if I'm motivated by competition, by fear, by being hard on myself instead of being operate, operating from a place of desire, creativity, innovation, moving things forward seeing what the possibilities might look like that curiosity it just it even feels more motivating to say it now than it ever did before it takes a a while to get there and still every day i'm fighting those thoughts of "ooh, i should (laughs) when you think that should word or you say that should word or maybe you don't even say the word but that's the tone and the meaning behind what you're saying to yourself or to others it's giving you a signal that that's might be coming from a place of, of fear comparison one of the other things that I learned from Susan Britton that I'll just share with you here close at, as we close she talked about mad sad fear and that mad is often a blockage so something that I need to figure out how to move something that's in my way that I've got to figure out how to move and again approaching that with this place of curiosity innovation creativity and maybe even collaboration right who could help me move that thing and then oftentimes we'll feel that in our jaw like our jaw gets tight you clench your teeth you get mad oftentimes mad can be overcoming or over laying over fear so as we move that blockage we might feel the fear as well sad might be that loss of something so something that I wanted to happen an expectation that I had and then what do I want to do with that expectation with that loss how can I process that maybe that was an, an expectation that I had that is causing the sense of loss that really doesn't need to be there because the expectation was built on something false. And then the last one, that fear, is we've been talking about all day, that perceived threat, and we feel that in our gut. And I'll go back, I forgot. The sad is something that we feel in our heart, that loss. We want to pay attention to that, to process that, And to think about what, if there was some expectation that's causing that sense of loss that we could avoid in the future. And not that we're not setting expectations because we want to get somewhere, but we're also realizing our role and being in the moment instead of too much in the future to where then when those expectations, when we don't have control over things we know we don't have control over and and we don't hit the mark, we're beating ourselves up for something that we didn't have control over. And when we think about our life and our world, most of us want to think that we have control over things that we don't have control over. And how do we manage that? How do we keep ourselves moving forward without while recognizing that we don't have the control, setting those expectations that then we can't reach, that then when we don't reach them, they squish our motivation, and in the vicious cycle repeats. Exit that circle by having empathy with yourself, by allowing your, your goals and your expectations to flex without judgment, and to motivate ourselves from a place of positive curiosity and creation of the future instead of motivating ourselves through the anxiety and fear of what might be coming or what might happen. Look forward to seeing you back here again next week on The Career Confidant and we'll continue talking about tips and tools and skills that you need to take control of your own career. We'll see you next week on The Career
0: Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.